This is the Twins Insider Podcast. I'm Michael Rand. We got Phil Miller here from Florida. Um, Phil and I were just kind of chatting. Phil got down there a couple days ago, and I've, the first couple podcasts we've done from spring have had a very few actual uh, spring training-related items in them just because there's been a lot of news to get to uh, with, with your partner in crime, Lavelli Neal. He and I talked Monday about um, the, the big uh, Bruce Doug Gratterall, Kenta Maida trade that finally was uh, consummated uh, Sunday night, I think that was when that became official. And then Wednesday talked a lot about um, the whole cheating scandal because Marwin Gonzalez had met with the media. So what I want to do today, Phil, is maybe uh, we're never going to turn the page on the Astros scandal. I'm never going to let that go. But um, let's talk a little bit of actual baseball because I think people would like that. And specifically, I want to talk pitching because it just kind of occurred to me or I've been kind of watching as, as the Twins have you know, maybe not made that one signature free agency pitching move, but have kind of quietly accumulated a lot of pieces via moves, whether it was, you know, Jake Odorizzi re-upping on the, you know, on the, on the one year, Michael Pineda for two years, you got Rich Hill on a big incentive laden deal, you got Homer Bailey trying to do some, do some things and maybe kind of being a back end guy. And then, then the Maeda trade who, who definitely slots into kind of the middle of that rotation. You put him on top of Jose Barrios um, and some of these other guys that maybe they've, you know, are curious about, like a Randy Dobnik or a Devin Smeltzer. They're, once everybody is healthy and no longer suspended, um, there seem to be a lot of options for pitching. How do you think that will sort itself out either in spring or as we go along here? Well, I think experience tells us that it will sort itself out because uh, stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> Guys get hurt. Guys uh, uh, get suspended as it uh, happens this time. Uh, and, uh, you know, a, a couple of those candidates uh, do have options and are uh, in our minor leaguers. Uh, right. it, it, it is funny. We It was only uh, a month ago that uh, that we had a discussion about how the Twins come to uh, camp with only three members of right. the starting rotation. And, uh, right. and, and that... Um, that uh, Thorpe and Dobnak and Smeltzer right. would be two of the three would probably be in the opening day starting rotation. Right. Uh, I have not talked to them uh, yet about how they feel about, uh, the, you know, part of that opportunity being uh, um, taken away by, uh, by the trade uh, Kenta Maeda. But, um, but I think it probably ramps up the uh, pressure on them to perform in the spring, Sure, uh, which uh, young guys are always feeling. Um, you know, if if the Twins stay in the race uh, and you know run away with the division uh, or um, or compete all the way uh, through the season, uh, it's it's hard to imagine um, that they would uh, deal any of them. So uh, yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a problem. Uh, maybe not a problem, but it's going to be something to uh, sort out. Uh, all season long, uh, if if one of the rookies uh, steps forward and looks like uh, he's ready to uh, to be a permanent member, um, yeah, how do they find uh, how do they find starts for somebody like that? Um, you know, uh, I actually think I, I heard Rich Hill say today that uh, he uh, his his timeline has him. Uh, on the mound in June, I yeah. wonder if the Twins will uh, uh, 
maybe pump the brakes a little bit on yeah. that, you know, uh, um, that's, that's one way to do it. And as much as you want him to, you know, get healthy and get some experience, you know, I don't think they make it much secret that they signed him for the postseason. Yeah. And, uh, so maybe, uh, uh, you know, and it's a elbow is a tough injury to come back from. Right. So, uh, maybe, uh, that will take a little extra time and, you know, we talk about these as uh, as sure things, but of course they're not. Right, uh, right. And uh, uh, I guess my answer is I don't have any idea, but I don't really feel like the twins do either. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you collect as many pieces as you can and right. uh, and play the ones that, uh, that perform the best. Is this a response, do you think, in any way to getting caught but kind of short on the pitching end last year for through a variety of circumstances, or do you just think this is you know upgrade any way you can um, and, and kind of sort it out, sort it out later? Yeah, I, you're right. They were kind of caught short, and uh, that, but we knew all season long that uh, that pitching was going to uh, be a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, maybe not quite as big a problem as it turned out to be, but uh, uh, I don't. I, I think you always try to uh, upgrade your staff. I think you're right about that. Uh, uh, you know, the opportunity to uh, to get a uh, proven pitcher like uh, Maeda. You know, I honestly think uh, the Maeda trade probably came from the uh, the Red Sox shopping David Price to them. I I, I think uh, I my understanding is that some calls were made and that. Uh, uh, you know, it's not a secret. The Red Sox kind of shopped him around the league uh, to try to unburden as much of the $96 million he still owed as possible. And I think, uh, you know, I think the Twins jumped in when they uh, when the Dodgers decided to take up on uh, take him up on it, realizing that uh, the Dodgers had, uh, you know, had a, a position of relative strength to uh, deal with. And uh, and that turned into Maeda. So, uh uh, I I don't know that they set out to uh, acquire something sure. like that. Although they did warn us at Twins Fest that uh, they were still uh, talking about trading, but uh, you know uh, you can't blame them for uh, seizing an opportunity like that. Uh, and it's better to have uh, too many pitchers than too few, right? Yes, uh, yes, no doubt. And you know we we should be clear that you know we're not talking about you know five aces, and we're also like you no. mentioned uh, Rich Hill. You know, you know, halfway through the year is probably you know a good optimistic timeline. You know, maybe right around the All Star break. Pineda won't pitch until May because of the suspension. Um, the one I'm curious about you know, before I get to kind of question for you about you know which one of the you know out of the Dobnicks and Smeltzers do you think could kind of seize the opportunity early? Um, the Homer Homer Bailey. I, I don't you know he's had an interesting career. I remember when he was very highly regarded and pitching pretty well for the Reds in the early part of last decade, um, you know, a 200 inning guy. And then, you know, kind of the, the wheels fell off, um, and didn't really, you know, get any sense of traction back really until last year. And it really mm-hmm. specifically, you know, once, once Oakland got a hold of him, what, what do they, what what are the kind of Homer Bailey hopes and dreams? Do they do, how do they view him as like a you know really you know solid back end of the rotation guy, just another option? Where, where do you think they are with with his uh, you know what what they think of him? I think they think they can fix him. Okay, uh, I, I I I get that sense. I uh, you know they were very open last year about uh, 
how uh, they had some ideas for Martin Perez and and uh, and ideas that uh, indeed helped him pitch pretty well for a couple of months. Right. Uh, I I I think they have some ideas uh, for him and and building on uh, some changes he made uh, last year. Uh, I, um, there's a lot of talk about picks, uh, pitch mix. Uh, with Homer Bailey, so uh, I, I think they come armed with some theories. Uh, Bailey's a guy who's had a frustrating career. I, I, yeah. It's in, it's interesting to me that he is um, essentially replacing Kyle Gibson because yeah. he has so much in common with Kyle Gibson. Sure. Uh, tantalizing uh, ability. Uh, he he shows flashes of of. Being a stepping forward and being a, a you know a solid number two, number three, a, a strikeout guy, and and undone by an abil- inability to throw strikes uh, when he needs to. Uh, that was always so frustrating with Kyle. Uh, sure, was the uh, the walks uh, and how they would slowly creep into his game and uh, and uh, you know ruin so many of his starts. And I think uh, uh, Homer Bailey has kind of had. That kind of career, his high end was a little higher than uh, Kyle's, but uh, yeah, I'd say that's true. Uh, but he uh, he has trouble commanding the strike zone. He has trouble uh, um, throwing strikes uh, when he absolutely has to. And uh, I just it, it is so reminiscent of uh, Kyle Gibson, and uh, you know that was something that Kyle only overcame. Uh, for uh, every so often, now, not uh, he never did completely uh, get over that hump, and I wonder if uh, uh, you know Bailey's a good guy to take a chance on, but I wonder yeah. if that sort of thing uh, might be a problem for him. Well, the interesting thing that I've just in looking at his numbers is you mentioned the the walks when he was pitching well with Cincinnati, he said the walks weren't really a problem. He was around two point three right. point per nine innings, then it went haywire, and then. It, it didn't get better, really. There's a stark difference between his 18 starts in Kansas City last year where he was having 3.8 walks per nine, and then yeah. Oakland, all of a sudden, he goes down to 1.8 walks per nine. Uh, for those 13 starts he makes with the A's kind of down the stretch. I, you, I, you never know. Sample size is okay. Um, is it something he figured out? Is it just that he has a good, had a good stretch? Is that something the Twins think they can get him to replicate with mechanics, things like that? So he's just kind of an interesting proposition i guess yeah and that's definitely uh what they the twins talk about the second half of the year a lot sure. and uh that's what makes me suspect that uh that they have some ideas for him that uh that they saw the difference and uh they have uh you know they got a they've got quite a research and development department over here now yeah. uh and i i i do believe that uh that that those last couple of months in Oakland are what uh, what sold the Twins and uh, and uh, yeah well we'll have to see uh, there's I'll say this uh, by camp there's a little more proprietary information around here than there used to be there's a little more secrecy yeah. uh, hmm. going on they uh, it's it, this is a team that has uh, that has gone from uh, uh, you know oh my God that coach has a laptop to uh <laughs> uh to it's a there's a whole laboratory here now sure. uh, uh, and it's it's interesting that some of the people are a little closed-mouthed about uh what's going on because uh and rocco baldelli flat out told me uh you know this they they feel like uh they've got 
some secrets now and yeah. uh, and they want to um you know they're not eager to uh share them with the league yet the, the, the twins are the only team in baseball now that has bought one of these force plate mounds huh. that uh jake larizzi has spent the winter working on uh in uh, at the florida baseball ranch uh and uh uh, Rocco wouldn't tell me where it is, much less what they're using it for. Uh, we, uh, good reporters that we are, we sniffed it out. Uh, okay. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's funny uh, how much um, research and development is uh, going into uh, into what they're doing, especially on the pitching side. Now, Maida is interesting to me too, just because of you know the trade itself, because of the contract, which is really you know obviously a big enticement. Even if the incentives are reached, he's gonna he's gonna you know outpitch that value wise, especially because you know the the posting fee, which was part of the the early expense for the Dodgers, you know twenty million dollars. That's not that's not a problem for the Twins. That's that's done and and paid for. He's just over $3 million in base salary. Incentives could take him, you know, closer to 10, 11, you know, if he pitches really well. Even then, if he does that, they'd probably be thrilled because he's going to pitch like a $20 million pitcher. Well, plus, uh, it turns out that the Dodgers uh, are paying, uh, are, are chipped in some money. 10 million. With, yeah. With, uh, yeah. Um, and they paid the, uh, Maeda got a $1 million uh uh, fee bonus for being traded, and the Dodgers picked up that Jeez, uh, gonna... as well. So, uh, yeah, the, it, he is uh, not only is uh, is he an established pitcher, but he's incredibly cost effective. Now we we've been maybe I've been guilty about talking about him like you know pencil him in as a middle of the rotation starter. Do the Twins think he has a gear higher than that? Maybe not ace, but like number two because uh, you look at the the aside from the ERA, which has been fine, you know, career three point eight seven, some of the more peripheral numbers are are quite nice. The you know the ten strikeouts uh, per nine mm-hmm. innings, almost the you know the low hit count. You know, he's he's getting way less than a hit per a hit per inning. Um, you know, they they kind of had him in that dual starter reliever role, which I don't imagine he was necessarily thrilled with, and probably expressed that. But you know, do. It, do they see him as someone who, if given 180 innings as a starter, um, might might be more than just you know good? Yeah, I think absolutely they do. Uh, I, I, and uh, you know, the, probably the R and D department is uh, hard at work on that as well. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I think they uh, they very much do. I, I think they see him gaining experience and learning from it. Uh, they see the effectiveness that he has had. Uh, in the, especially in the postseason in the bullpen, yeah. uh, and uh, and think that they've taken that uh, worry out of his mind. He's going to be in the starting rotation. Right. Uh, they are, uh, the, you know, that's that's basically why he was so willing to uh, be traded. Uh, he, um, I don't think he ever formally asked the Dodgers to be traded, but he was growing. Uh, um, impatient with yeah. the, their habit of moving to the pen every year. Right. It uh, costs him some money, too, right? It does cost him money, uh, and uh, uh, although he, he said the money wasn't the important thing to him, uh, it's just, uh, you know, he is a uh, he is a routine-oriented pitcher, sure. uh, and like uh, a lot of them are, and uh, 
and you know disrupting that to be uh, ready and available uh, every day is uh, was difficult for him. Um, yeah, I, I I do think I was talking to uh, Alex Avila, the uh, the twin backup, backup catcher, catcher yeah. uh, about him, and, and he said, uh, you, you know, uh, he when he's on, uh, he really is uh, able to uh, spot his pitches out outside the zone. He says all pitchers uh try to get you to chase but he he has a fastball that uh he spots very well uh and makes it uh, seem faster but he will uh he's very good at establishing that he can uh throw uh pitch four strikes and then not do it and uh yeah and get you to uh get you to chase uh that uh makes him uh, uh particularly effective um so uh yeah i, I think uh i think there's quite a bit of optimism uh about uh about him and it's it, it's astonishing to see a guy uh, surrounded by uh 12 media members uh just following him right uh, uh, like we have for a couple of days now one more guy i want to talk about before we go here you know we uh, uh, jake odorizzi they have we I think Lavelle was saying the other day there's been some some rumblings that he's picked up more velocity even on his fastball and that he could be you know in line for an even better season what do, what do we what do we make of that uh we make that uh jake thinks so uh <laughs> okay he is well, that's uh, big i mean yeah he has been uh working uh he's been driving as he said driving three times three times a week from his house in tampa to uh suburban orlando to work at the florida baseball ranch which uh on one of those fourth place mounds you know he he was he came to camp last year um saying that he had broken down his mechanics and kind of put it back together and uh, had a better feel for what works and what doesn't and what he needs to do and, more importantly, what what he's doing wrong when uh, when he kind of loses it. And uh, um, he had the season that he envisioned having of that. He was very confident in spring training last year that he would be a more effective pitcher his second year with the Twins. Now, having had that all-star season that he had, right. uh, he's come to camp having done that for another winter and for finding more uh, things that uh, uh, that he can refine, that he can change. And this is about uh, pushing off. This is about, uh, um, it, oh, what did he say? Uh, it's something to do with his trail leg. I, and it's uh, it's pretty involved that... Uh, that uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a scientist to uh, understand everything, but he uh, said that he has uh, his push-off effectiveness, however that is measured, has increased by 20%. Okay. Uh, and he said it will not only increase his velocity, some, there are limits, uh, but uh, the important thing for him and the thing that gives him encouragement is that by uh, improving uh, how he pushes off, he saves the wear on the arm, and okay. it should allow him to pitch deeper into games, well, which big. Uh, has been uh, yeah, a, a recurring problem for him. I mean, just a cursory look at fan graphs would tell me, you know, his fastball velocity previous years had been more in the 90, in 91 range, and last year it jumped all the way to 90, 92.9, so almost 93. Yeah. If he gets another even one, one and a half yeah. to that, that's, that's pretty significant. You're talking about... You know, just different a different look for a hitter, a different you got a game plan differently if you're a batter, and he's got decent off speed stuff and good command to uh, to make that you know 
a fly ball pitch, certainly, but still at the strikeout pitch that it was, you know, really tra- tracking towards last year as well. Yeah, it, it, and it, it, he is very, very confident about, uh, just like last year, uh, about uh, I've learned so much. I know what works and what doesn't. And, uh, and again, uh, just as important, how uh, what he's doing wrong when he's not. Uh, he, he, uh, uh, he's, he is, uh, you know, he's got a lot of money riding on it since he, yeah. uh, uh, did not sign a long-term contract, right. uh, over the winter. So, uh, he's going to be a free agent again in November. And, uh, uh, you would think that that would always be in the back of your mind, but if it yeah. is, uh, he's, he's, he's excited about it. He's very, uh, um, in, in some ways, uh, you talk to a lot of pitchers that when things go wrong, they're kind of like. I don't know what uh, what I was doing wrong. Right. I don't know why I, I got uh, hit, uh, and a lot of pitchers seem to think it's uh, it's just randomness, and there is a lot of randomness in the game. But uh, um, Jake Odorizzi believes differently and thinks he knows uh, why his uh, success has uh, has happened to him. Kind of seems like he is a, in a little bit of a out to prove it year, not just because of the the, the contract year coming up and, and that, but just. I still wonder if how how much it, it irks him or irked irked him that he was the game three starter last year and that the you know that just the perception of him. I don't think people still think wow Jake Odorizzi all star. They think yeah Jake Odorizzi okay pitcher and maybe there's mm-hmm. a perception battle that he's still fighting and that he wants to be thought of differently. Well, in his first year with the Twins, uh, was was that? I mean, yeah, it was not the great. Third starter, best, and yeah. uh, and it bothered him. And uh, yeah, he went to work at it. That's interesting. That uh, that uh, that's something I will ask him about uh, if if that is a, a motivator for him. But uh, uh, I don't know. There can't be many better motivators than. Uh, <laughs> What big, big $50 contract million dollars? Yeah, I mean, he, at least he I mean, he's, yeah, he bet on himself, and if he has another, if he stacks up another really good year on top of the one he had last year, he will be sought after because he's not that old, right? Let's see, he's he, not. Let's see, yeah, and twenty nine, uh, maybe. How old is he? Yeah, twenty nine. He just turned thirty. Yeah, or, he'll he'll turn thirty yeah. right around the start of the year. So you know, okay, fine, okay. fine That's, for a pitcher. That's not you know. Um. Yeah, he could have gotten you know even with the compensation pick he probably could have signed something in the 40 to 50 million dollar range as sure. it turns out the uh, pitching was pretty pricey maybe he would have gotten uh, more than that um that is uh, you know you understand why he did it and uh, and the confidence that he has uh that he will get it back and more next year but uh you know it's a fluky game too you yep. never know yep. uh it it is uh you there's going to be no more motivated player, I would think, yeah. uh, this year than uh, than Jake Odorizzi. Well, we got to run. We got to run here. We, there's probably going to be plenty of time this spring to talk about Jose Barrios, Michael Pineda, and some of the younger guys. But uh, appreciate your time, Phil. Let's do this again soon and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the sunshine because it is cold here right now. <laughs> it's cold. So I heard. I uh, I try not to talk about the weather yeah, too much. We appreciate uh, that. Yeah, appreciate it's okay. That. All right, thanks, thanks, Phil. Good talking to you. You bye.